good. Yo, what is up, Madrid fans and podcast of the Real Champs? Um, I know I always say we're finally back, but for real, this time we're because <laughs> we've actually set out a plan. We have a schedule. We're gonna do this religiously. I came to work two hours early just so I could record this podcast. So listen, it's gonna happen this time, and we hope you guys are going to be as excited as we are. If you've forgotten our names, my name is Moshak. I contribute to the site and I host the podcast. And this is that's where you say and yeah, I'm uh, and I, I was also gonna leave that little pause. <laughs> well Yeah, okay. Yeah, as everyone <laughs> as people may or may not know, I'm I'm Hassan, the uh, the guy that likes to get a, a bit angrier than I should do sometimes on yeah, social yeah. media. So you probably uh, have heard of everyone's probably heard of you now though, because you've become quite a big deal on like football Twitter, <laughs> especially Real Madrid Twitter. If you don't we'll know, in. you should know because you should follow him because the kids are absolutely wicked. His Twitter is at the Has Kareem, and we'll put it on the website as well. So if you want to read a bit of what we talked about and not just listen to it, you can get it there. And I'll drop his Twitter in there as well. But anyway, enough introduction. Let's get into it. Last time we spoke was a long time ago. The season started. That's literally how long <laughs> it's been. But Real Madrid had their ups and downs. Surprisingly, they've only lost one game so far in the league, which is quite amazing. And it seems like Real, or rather, Zinedine Zidane has turned Real Madrid around and done a lot of the same things that we saw in that 16-17 season. And it's happening right now, and it's proving to be successful. Very successful. Um I mean, early, early, early doors. It looked a bit patchy, to be honest, didn't it? I mean, they beat Celta Vigo in the first game of the season, and after that, it was so sort of hit and miss. I mean, I had that little sort of uh, stretch of a couple of games where, like, we shut out Severe to it. I didn't think they even registered a shot on target in that game. Same against Atletico, mm-hmm. um, and then we had that string of sort of iffy results again. But that's where the likes of Mallorca was in there. PSG humiliating sort of beating of us in Paris was there. Um, but yeah, it was that loss to it was that loss to Mallorca where it really sort of turned the whole ship around. Really, um, that and I forgot about the Galatasaray result where we went one one nil, but in the most drab fashion possible. Um, it's just changed. Like everything seems to have changed. The pressing's changed. The squad hasn't massively changed. It just seems that Zidane's made tactical tweaks, which is something a lot of people obviously gave him. Heckle, uh, you know, heckle for at the start of the season where it's like he's not tactically smart. Uh, big middle finger to those guys, man. <laughs> well, I think the big thing is, is a lot of those people who are criticizing Zinedine Zidane for his tactical nuance don't even hold a UEFA D license. And I say D because <laughs> I don't even think there is a UEFA D license, I think it starts at C, but nonetheless, um, I think. At least I've always said, and I know you've said this, Zidane's a guy you should definitely have some faith in. And for those who thought that he was just going to come in here, snap his fingers, and everything would turn into gold, I think you were kidding yourself. It was going to take a bit of time. It has taken time, but it's definitely proved dividends. And like you said, that first match against PSG in the Champions League, wow, horrendous at the Parc des Princes. But then you turn around a few months later, or a month and a half later, whatever it was, and last week, you have a wonderful performance. I mean, it ended up in a draw. And that was through individual mistakes. But like you said, the press, everything that Sudan has implemented has been so well. And one thing that I've always super, super appreciated about him, which I think he's brought back and he's figured out, is how to get a hold of this locker room 
And one of the most important things is to have a squad of players who truly believe in the manager. And I think that's exactly what's happening with Real Madrid right now. And that game against PSG, like you already said, was a prime example throwing Isco out there and it working. Holy smokes. Like, who saw that coming? I'm the no, biggest fanboy and I didn't even think the kid was going to start. That game was just his third start this season. And that was the 18th game of the season for Real Madrid. So that's one out of every six games he's actually started. And of course, yeah, he's had injuries and whatnot. But to be able to put that much faith in such a big game, I think it's incredible. It just shows how much Zidane or how impactful he is, not just in the tactics and developing these players, but also like the morale and the courageousness of the team to be able to like go out there against a team like PSG and pull off such a strong performance. Yeah, the performance was it was magnificent, really. Uh, there was just a point where PSG, I think it was like a good stretch of about a good 15 minutes. PSG were just getting mauled. Uh, yeah. They couldn't get out of their own end. They they were just they didn't know what to do with themselves. They didn't know who to mark. They didn't know who the main threat was. Because it was so fluid. Like People were just changing positions left, right and centre. Hazard was going central. Benzema was going left. Benzema was going right. Um, it was just, it was all over the place Like in terms of, the fluidity of the team, but it worked really well. And then you had the midfield was so cohesive. You had Cruz was finding pockets of space to shoot on a regular. Um, you had uh, Casemiro sitting deep, but smashing sort of smashing through and getting getting those sort of last ditch tackles, which he's been very very good at throughout the season so far. Uh, Fede Valverde just an absolute tank. Um, and Hazard doing what Hazard does best, which is flipping through and getting beyond uh, defenders like they weren't there. I mean, just a couple, you know, cool notes on that game. I believe it was that game, Tony Cruz, like 100% pass completion rate through 45 minutes. Imagine going into the locker room with 100% pass completion rate. And obviously everyone knows it's not like he's, you know, a center back or something. He's not getting a few touches on the ball. Like the, the movement of Real Madrid really flows through Tony Cruz and where he is and what he does and how he moves the ball around the pitch. So, that was like just such a good omen. And then, like you said, you have Eden Hazard, 10 dribbles in the game, comes out in the 72nd or so minute because of a, you know, a harsh tackle. Could have had more. That's the most dribbles in a game since I believe it was 0-1-0-2 um, at Real Madrid, which Ian Robin did. So it's just like, it's just good feelings, good vibes all around. Um, but yeah, I think I, I want to ask because there's been so many great players who have stepped up and evolved in the last couple of weeks. At least you could just say the last six weeks, we've seen so much growth in this squad. Who would be the player that's impressed you the most since? Oh, that's a hard one, man. One. A very, I know it's such, hard a, one. it's such a hard one. Like, I could literally make a case for Sergio Ramos. Like, I could. You could. That, that would be a fair, a fair pick. But I'm probably going to go with Valverde, to be honest. I think he deserves all the shouts in the world right now. Um, just because of how how instrumental he's actually become to the team in such a short amount of time as well. I mean, you look at how the midfield looks with him, and then look how it looks without him. It's just it's it's noticeable. It really is. Um, I'm not saying obviously it's not noticeable when Ramos isn't there. It's obviously key, but he's also had a few little he's had a few little moments here and there where he's made a silly mistake here and there. So that's the only thing that's been a bit of a, a glare on him. Whereas Alverde, sure. I don't think I've seen anything on him yet, which has been like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Actually, no, the only thing I can think of was in the last game where he should have probably squared to Benzema, but, I mean, we were 2-1 uh, yes, off of that. I think I know That's what you're talking enough. about. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, so I, I there, there is that. But generally speaking, the kid's not put a foot wrong yet, to be honest. He hasn't. And the rumors are that Real Madrid are willing or preparing to hand him a contract extension with a 750 million euro release clause. Of course, those astronomical numbers are put out there just to kind of scare other clubs away from even trying to approach Real Madrid. But the fact that they're willing to put that kind of a price point, or at least it's rumored that they're doing so, just shows the amount of quality and admiration Zidane and like everyone from the management side have in this kid. I mean, at his ripe young age, I think it's kind of cool that it's almost like the passing of the baton, but not yet, because we had Xabi Alonso, then we had Casemiro. We thought it was going to be Marcos Llorente, but then he decided to be a little crybaby and wanted to go elsewhere. (laughs) And he's gone, but you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And I can't say I'm even mad. Like, I think you know, I was quite upset initially when he left, yeah, especially he to was, go yeah. to Atleti. Like, I was a bit of a fan of him. Like, I thought he was going to do well. But now that Fetty stepped up, like, phew, good for the Uruguayan, man. The kid is so yeah, strong. Yeah, the amount the of hell that Zidane got for sending Lorente out, on, uh, out to a I gave athlete, him shit it was unbelievable. Him. Plenty of people gave him shit for it. To be fair, you're not alone. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it shows that his, his eye for talent is genuinely elite. Um, I I actually don't think at this point I'd even switch them back for all no, the money in no the world. Way. No way. No way. Like, no. Like, from what we've seen in Valverde, he's so much more complete, man. It's unbelievable. Like, Lorenzo's a good de- defensive midfielder. Don't get me wrong. The fact that he's not even starting at Atletico and Atletico are in a really, really... Um, Dire sort of situation. One of four. Yeah, they're just dire. Like your point blank, that's the best way to put it. They are just dire. The fact that he can't get into that midfield still is embarrassing on him. I mean, the fact that Hector Herrera, who was kept out of the team for some time at the start of the season, has now made himself a mainstay. But what he's does that good. tell you about Lorenzo? He is good. I yeah. like Hector Herrera. To be fair, Actually, he's good. He's good. Key do like him, but the fact that he managed to come out from the cold straight sure. into the start position say good says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I I don't know. I, I think what's impressed me the most about him is I think it I think it's a very different it's a very different deal or a very different conversation when you have a young player who's a forward or an attacker, like for example Vinicius or Rodrigo, like many others who play football in the top flight of Europe, and you know, they start scoring goals or the lights are shining on them. They're looking strong and what have you. That's impressive. But I think when you're a defensive midfielder, a holding midfielder, however you want to classify Fetty, when you play the position that he does, it is not easy to get the recognition for the work that you do unless you are somebody who actually watches the game from a more tactical point of view. And I'm not saying I'm a tactical mastermind. I'm very far from. But I think the fact that he has impressed so many people for his work in defense, which is more often than not a role that is slightly overlooked for goal scoring, which is understandably so because scoring is always more exciting than defending. That, to me, in and of itself, is super impressive. The attention that he's garnered from the whole Real Madrid fan base is not just a select few people. Is I think phenomenal. It just goes to show you like how much of a top quality player he is because, like I said, getting the attention for your defensive capabilities, especially in the midfield role, isn't easy because even midfielders are expected to score. I mean, take Luka Modric, for example. 
people get upset when he doesn't have at least three key passes a game or four dribbles a game, or at least he's registered two shots on target. Like the expectations are really high, but the fact that he's doing this and he's scoring goals on top of that, like who told him that he needs to score goals, but he's just doing it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's just like an added perk to the, to the whole situation. The fact is that he is able to score goals. It's massive. Um, so it's, it's a welcome addition to that, uh, sort of wide array of talents that he seems to have uh, and it seems to be a very wide array of talents so I mean he seems to be able to pass right well he seems to be able to strike the ball just as well yeah. as well as get back and do all the dirty work I mean I've I've been openly saying it for a while now I actually wouldn't be bothered if they decided to miss on Pogba and just put complete trust in Valverde I'd have no problem with that at all I mean I'm going to write an article on it in a couple of days so I mean you can, y'all can stay tuned to that it's not going to be as in-depth and tactically, you know, articulated as if Hassan Karim wrote it, but it's <laughs> going to be out there. But uh, just looking at the stats, 10 games in La Liga, three games in the Champions League, total of 764 minutes, two goals, two assists, both of those coming in the league. It's pretty damn impressive. But enough of a kid that we both adore. I think everyone knows how much we like him, and he's both of our most <laughs> our most impressed players but let's focus on the guy who came with all the expectation in the world because of his price point and because of his name. And in the beginning, it was kind of rough going for him. A lot of people were shitting on him. Some people were calling him fat. He ended up did he ended up saying himself that he did put on a bit of weight <laughs> in the summer break, which was kind of funny because I was like, dude, I don't know why you had to say that, but whatever. And then Hazard, give us the breakdown on how great he's been. Yeah, had a bit of a cold start, didn't he? Um, a lot of people were sort of saying he looked like he wasn't able to take players on. That he lost a bit of that burst of pace. Uh, what a lot of people failed to realise is he had a very disrupted start. Obviously, he came straight out of preseason into an injury, so didn't get to start until a few games into the uh, into the schedule. Then obviously, it takes time to adapt to obviously the new league, new system, new team, new, you know, new colleagues. Um, so that takes a bit of time. As soon as he did adapt. And I think it was against Avar where he's like just absolutely set the entire pitch on fire. Where he was doing like Rabona's into the box, he's just dribbling past everybody. He just couldn't It was just a ridiculous. And I think since that period of time, he's putting in solid like eight out of tens in every game. Um, oh. Without scoring or assisting yet, which is bonkers. Um, I mean, I said it earlier against PSG, he was just unstoppable. Um, just genuinely unstoppable. It was like, they didn't know what to do with him. They got close to could stop him. The only way they did stop him was by injuring him in the end anyway. Um, so once he really gets ticking, he's going to be such a threat to every team, just not in the league, but on the continent as well. We've already seen what Hazard could do at Chelsea last season. He can score and he can create to an elite level. Yeah, he might not get 40 goals a season, but you're chipping, you know, between 15 to 20 and then chipping nearly the same amount of assists as well. He's an elite creator, and there's, there's not many that are close to that standard. Um, I think since in the last few games, he's been topping like the most chances created per game and the most dribbles completed per game. Um, I mean, he's completing between eight to ten dribbles per 90. The only people doing that in the league are his messes. So if, that, if that's not like showing you how elite this guy is, I don't know what will. Well, I, I want to play. I want to play the devil's advocate, and you know that really annoying person on Twitter whose hashtag is like RM Madrid 1902 or something weird like that. 
who says Eden Hazard doesn't score enough goals. He's not putting the ball into the back of the net. So far in the league, he's played eight games. He has one goal, three assists, over 608 minutes. A couple of questions for you. Do you think that Zidane has put Eden Hazard out there to be more of a playmaker and to create chances and score when he has the opportunity to do so? Or is it a matter, or is it just the fact that Benzema has been so on fire that it may be a little bit easier to give Benzema a little bit of more, more relaxed role and be more of like a Lewandowski, Ronaldo kind of striker where they kind of just position themselves, move in and around the box and just get ready to score. Like just be an all and out through and through striker, kind of like an old school number nine as opposed to like the modern day number nine. I think they're giving he's giving him a bit of both in, in that sense. Like it's definitely a combination of the two. So I don't think the emphasis is on scoring for Hazard because his, his best ability isn't scoring, it's breaking lines and creating danger and setting up others. Um, and obviously with Benzema having stepped up and, and he's I think he's got ten goals in the league so in, in the league so far without even taking penalties, which um, is in, incredibly impressive. So when you've got Benzema in that kind of form, and then you've also got others like Cruz has been chipping in with more goals than normal as of, as of late. Um, I don't think the pressure is on Hazard to score as such. I think he's there more to add an extra element to the attack and take the chance when needed. Um, but I don't. Again, I don't doubt that once once the ball starts rolling, he's going to start banging them in, and you'll probably get different. I reckon he could end the season with around fifteen to twenty goals quite easy in all competitions. I don't think it's beyond it, beyond his means at all. That's a fair take. That's a fair take. I I don't I could see that happening potentially. Um Yeah, this poor guy's got a bruised ankle. Sorry, I'm just looking at his transfer market <laughs> profile and then I just remembered that he's injured right now. And yes, it just kind of made me to sad. Thomas Munier, the absolute yeah. jackass. Oh, waste, man. Anyway, let's take a look forward into Real Madrid's games. We won't go too into it though, but the next one is against Espanyol. That's going to be on Saturday. For all my people who live in North America and on the East Coast, it is a brilliant another 7 a.m. start for us. So, <laughs> I mean, go to sleep earlier, set your alarm early. I don't know what to tell you, but it sucks waking up that early. Um, but yeah, it's against 19th place Espanyol, who has the worst goal difference in the league. Kind of scary. Yeah, they've been diabolical, to be honest, in general. They've really, really, really struggled. Uh, and I don't think they're this scoring. This is the Espanol where Asensio and Lucas Vasquez were loaned out to. Yeah. Or sorry, not Lucas, Espanol but Lucas played. The, yeah, the same Espanol finished in the European spot last year. Um, which, look at that fourth and grace. Um, Celta and yeah. Leganes are down there as well in the relegation, which is very surprising to me. At least Celta. Leganes for sure, man. Because Leganes have been a bit of a... Uh, sort of a main sort of stay in that kind of mid-table range these past couple of seasons. Um, Celta Vigo, again, I've, I've been saying this to a few people. I think this is the year they do finally go down. Um, they were close last year and were saved by Iago Aspas and they can't expect to be bailed out by him all the time. I know they're not massively behind. They're only a point behind Mallorca or just above them. Um, but they just don't look like the side that are going to pull it off. I mean, they drew against Valladolid on the weekend. This is another whole different conversation for another another subject altogether. But um, Can, can yeah, we bring Aspas to Madrid? He'd be, he'd be a good option off the bench, wouldn't he? Is this an extra... No, really. Extra like scorer. a 70th, 80 minutes guy. Like the, the crazy thing is you could put him in anywhere in the last 20 minutes as a sub. And I guarantee you, if he doesn't have a goal 
he's created some sort of chance in one way or the other. Like, he's not the most phenomenal player in the world, but his impact... But he gets the job done. That's basically what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, his, his IQ is good. Like, he's almost like a Chicharito Hernandez kind of guy. Like, he yeah. knows his shit. He's a good player, man. Like, he's consistent as well. And he's been very consistent for Celta in these past couple of seasons. But um, they just struggle as a whole through, obviously, losing stars and stuff. But, yeah, against Espanyol, I mean... I think that should be one of those games against, like, similar to Leganes, where we just put five in and just put in a champagne football performance. I'd expect nothing less in this performance as well, especially at home as well, uh, to a side that haven't been doing great on the road either. So um, that should be a, a relatively easy ride out. Should be. <laughs> you never I'll, know. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you who your predicted eleven is later down the week when probably Wednesday or Friday when we do another one of these. But I. I do want to ask, what's the deal with Luka Jovic? Because th- this is one of those games where you would expect him to start, but it's almost like you wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Uh, I think this is where he should get his chance. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, there was an interview he did earlier. I'm not sure who the outlet was with. But, um, he was discussing that... So obviously there's the big rhetoric that Luka Jovic wasn't a Zidane signing which is why he doesn't get minutes. But Jovic has come out and refuted that Zidane actually pushed for that sign to be green-lighted. Uh, and it was him that practically begged for him to come to Spain. So I think this is going to be a case that Zidane will utilise him when he's best needed uh, and when the moment is best for him. Similar to how he's done with Rodrigo. I mean, we didn't know how many minutes Rodrigo is really going to get at the start of the season. Comes in and um, has looked brilliant in every, pretty much every game he's featured. Um, what were you going to say, sorry? No, I was going to say, well, many of us, well, many people were specu- speculating, excuse me, that Rodrigo would actually just be like kind of co-signed with the Castilla side as well. And he would like spend some weekends down there, spend a couple of weekends up with Real Madrid and kind of just go back and forth. But it's been more of a La Liga player than he has been a Castilla player, really. Yeah, um, it's, it, that's an interesting one. Because again, like I said, I didn't think Rodrigo would get that many minutes I- if anything, I was kind of expecting him to go out on loan at one point. Um, but obviously with the sort of downturn in form of Vinicius and his, his confidence sort of plummeting as of late, um, I, I, I think Zidane will know when to use Jovic and he, he'll know what game is right for him. If anyone's got the eye for that talent, it's going to be Zinedine Zidane better than anybody else. So I, I've got full trust that he'll utilise him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's utilised against Espanyol, to be fair. I feel like that'd be a good game for him. Um, but again, it's one of those, man. It's hard to tell. You you spoke about Vinicius and about you know loans and how you thought Rodrigo would go on loan, but then because Rodrigo's done so well and compared to Vinicius, now a lot of people are saying that now Vinny might be the one to go on loan. But then Zidane was asked about that. I believe it was last week, and he said no one's going anywhere. Everyone is staying here, and I'm gonna make use of my players at the right time. I think, to me, that was interesting for a manager to come out and be that bold in saying, like, no one's going out on loan yet. Like, he's staying here, and we're going to find out a time for him to play. And I think that's where I'm kind of drawing parallels from that 16-17 season where he kind of used everybody and he found a role for everybody at one point or the other and made use of them. And it's not just a matter of throwing them on the pitch and it's like, okay, well, you know, let's give some starters a rest. It's like, hey, listen, this is your role. This is when you're going to be meaningful. And this is what you provide to the team. And I think it makes these players feel valued because 
you know, when you're making that much money a day or a week or a month or whatever, like you have an ego about you. But the fact that he can handle all those egos is, it's a good thing. Not something I'd ever want to do, to be honest, to tell you that much. It must be stressful. Um, I think I would. I think I would. I think I'd relish in that. I love man management. Like, I, I like being a boss. Like, not for, like, yeah. the power-hungry kind of thing. But it's just, <laughs> like, I like to, like, help people do well, you know? Yeah, I can see I can see why you... Why you I think you, you do well with that sort of stuff, whereas I'm just... I'm not the one that wants yeah, that like, kind of stress, Yeah, no, you, you would lose it. You would lose it. You would just start, like, <laughs> kicking balls at people. You'd be like, you're shit. Don't come I'd back to training tomorrow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be walking around like, I have three titles. Three. How many they have? Zero. I have three titles. <laughs> <Literally> <laughs> How crazy. <laughs> How crazy is it, though? But it would be with your Brummie actor. How crazy is it, though, that freaking Jose Mourinho, who... In September, was supposedly coming back to Real Madrid, but is now the head coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs. And I say the as if like there's some illustrious club, but I'm saying it because it's just so mind-boggling to me. Like who who saw that coming? Really? I honestly didn't see it coming. I mean, I know he was linked to Arsenal a lot, so that's where I was really expecting him to go. Arsenal's um, manager gone now. Goodness gracious. Not surprised. He was so bad. I liked Unai Emery before he went to Arsenal because I thought his severe side was quite good. But God, my God, he was so bad at uh, Arsenal. But yeah, I expected Jose to take that job. So he was seen the stadium a couple times and he was linked with it a lot. Um, and if he didn't go there, I don't know why, but I expected it to be Bayern Munich. When he joined Spurs, I was like, that's the last place I expected him to go. Yeah, it was a bit of a shocking one. I, I don't know, but hey, like they're getting it done. They had one game, which was a bit of a scare. They went three up, then they ended up finishing three two. I forgot who it was against, but I mean, I don't know. Like he's doing a good job, but also I think there's that like you know the Jose Mourinho cycle. It's like one season great, second season really good, third season goes to shit. And I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's it is one of those man. I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how he does because obviously Tottenham aren't notorious big spenders. There's a lot of issues in that, in that squad as well with players running down contracts and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see how he does deal with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that he didn't return to Madrid, to be honest. That's the one thing I think many of us were dreading. Um, well, before we... Oh, sorry, go ahead. So yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> before we wrap up, let's talk about the former Tottenham Hotspurs man. So I think initially everyone was so like furious about it i don't remember what you had said in the group chat about it to be fair i was kind of just laughing because i think like if you're if you've been a real madrid fan at least since the time gareth bale has been here like you should already know like it's just gonna be such a roller coaster of freaking emotions with this guy but it was just so funny the flag then you know like all the things he said before the golf things and then you have him coming back to Real Madrid after the international break. You see him on the touchline. And the Bernabeu is actually whistling the guy, you know, obviously shouting different kinds of profanities Excuse me, at him. But he's just warming up on the touchline. He's actually smiling and laughing. Like, this guy is like an evil clown. It's hilarious. Like, it yeah, actually- he's got serious, like, mentality, man. Like, his mentality is unheralded. Uh, I've got to give him credit, man. Like, the shit he goes through, and he's just like, yeah, it's cool. And his Welsh accent, it's cool. 
Like he's just he's so alpha male, it's unbelievable. Like the amount of crap that he's gotta put up with, the abuse, the the booing, the just all of that, the the press heckling every move that he makes. He can't even get out of the airport without being sort of hounded. Um, can't even celebrate his nation qualifying for the Euros without, you know, stepping out of line allegedly. I mean, personally, I think the flag didn't bother me, to be honest. Um, I said to a lot of people, like, what did you expect? He was held, he was pretty much told to get out of the club in the summer. Didn't happen. He's been kept here since. Um, did you expect it just to be all roses and, you know, flowers and, you know, happy cheers and I love yous left, right and centre. Like, of course, there's going to be some sort of drama eventually. Um, it's just not surprising. I wasn't surprised at all. Really wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, I just think, like, no matter how big of a Real Madrid fan you are, like, I don't care if you're, like, third generation. Like, literally, what can you be upset about? Like, you, first of all, you don't actually own the guy. Like, yes, he plays for your club, but at the end of the day, like, it's free will, it's free speech, like, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, and you can't fault him for that, and if that's genuinely how he feels, it's how he feels, but, I mean, so long as he comes onto the pitch and puts in, you know, steady minutes and does a good job, and that's why I call it somewhat of a roller coaster, because over the last few years, you, you, it's always been the same story, he doesn't speak Spanish, he doesn't try to assimilate, like, he doesn't get on along with the other players, he has, like, a kind of semi-half-ass work ethic, mediocre work ethic, but then, you know, that 2018 Champions League is, like, such a good example. Everybody shot on him, didn't start the game, comes on, scores two goals. It was like, all right, cool, we love you still. And, like, everybody's happy for it. And then comes out afterwards and he's like, if I don't get the minutes, I'm going to leave. <laughs> Straight after. Um, I was just like, oh, that's classic bail, that, isn't it? That's, that's literally what you can ask for, though, realistically. Like, you've just got to ask that he performs when he comes onto the pitch, which, by and large, he has been. Um, and then, you know, if he leaves in the summer, then he leaves in the summer. If he leaves in January, he leaves in January. But until he has actually left, as long as he scores goals, assists goals, you know, does what he needs to do on the pitch, then whatever, man. Like, Yeah, I don't dude, understand people who are like, bench him. You do you. Start a game again. Some people were saying you should send him down to the Castilla. Um, I don't think you can do that, if I'm not wrong. But regardless, why would you actually pay somebody's wages and then not have them do the work? It's almost as if you had somebody come to clean your house. You paid them for it, but then you let them sit on the sofa and watch TV while you clean the house. It's kind of stupid. Like, get it the is, best yeah, out man. of your player. Like, you're, playing, you're paying for him. Like, you're paying for his life. You're paying his salary, essentially, and he has a job to do. Let him do it. Optics aside, how he does, what he does in his own free time. It's his own free will. I think people need to stop being pressed about it. I'm done. Do you have anything else to add? Or actually, could you share what we may be discussing on Wednesday? Um, so, on Wednesday, we've got... Uh, open, open up that message, Hassan. Open up that message. I need a prompt because people have forgotten things. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Okay. In the meantime... I will complain about how, um, is sorry, Karim Benzema was ranked 26th in the Ballon d'Or rankings. Yeah, two with a six, 26. Do you know how absurd that is? Absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe it. He literally is amongst the top scorers in the 2019 calendar year. 
and he got ranked 26th. It's a joke. And he's it's amazing. horrendous, man. And I hope he gets that contract extension. I really, really hope he does it. You know what? He's been so bloody good. You know how I do this thing every year where I try and get like all three jerseys? But like with different players on it. I'm proud of it. I've done it. Yeah, I know. I I know that, but we're not talking about you. We're talking about me right now. So just let me finish. (laughs) So you know how how I get all three jerseys? I'm actually considering repeating Kareem Benzema because he's just been so good. Like he's been that good. Uh, yeah, what color are you going to get him on, though? The home, away, or the third? No, no, no. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to get Eden Hazard in the home because, like, he's the new signing. I feel like it's right, you know? Yeah, and good then move. Good move. The second one, I think I have Modric. Or, do I have Cruz? Yeah, I have Modric and Cruz. So I'm thinking the second one, I'm going to get Fetty. I like that. It's different, and I like it. It's different. It's different. And then the third, you know, breakout season, right? I feel like it's going to it's gonna pay dividends in the future. Basically, in my illustrious living room is what I'm talking about. Then the third <laughs> one, my living room is going to be amazing. Dude, I can't wait for you to come over like 10 years from now. It's going to be awesome. Um, then the <laughs> third one, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, but I'm not sure. I'm thinking Danny Carvajal because I, I already have Marcelo. I have Ramos. I don't have Varane, but I'm like, I like Veron. I like what he does, but he doesn't have that, like, mm, yeah, you know, kind of thing. He doesn't get you like that. Yeah, like, he doesn't get me, like, hyped. Like, you know, you listen, like, you see Danny Carvajal. Like, did you see what happened when they released the new jerseys and the journalist asked him about, like, some stupid question? I forgot what it was. And then Danny I'm just stood not sure straight-faced, and, and he's just like, I'm not answering that question because it's dumb. And he just passed the mic over. You didn't see that, did you? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I didn't yeah. remember what the question was, but I do remember him just saying, yeah, that's stupid. Exactly. And now Madrid just released another jersey. I don't know what the... I, it's I hideous. Don't know what this jersey... I don't know what this is supposed to be. I mean, if we came out of... The, if we... If Real Madrid... I keep saying we like I'm a part of the club. If Real Madrid <laughs> released this jersey at the end of the season... And we had, like, a double or even a treble. I can understand, like, the gold flakes, like, the champagne kind of, like, aesthetic. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, do you know how much there is to achieve with the regular jerseys we have? It's freaking white and gold. Like, that means you're supposed to win. Like, it doesn't get more royal than that. And then they release these, like, black and... My dumbass is going to buy it because it's limited edition. I already know. I just that. don't like it. I just don't like I, the design of it. Okay, if you had to get it though, if you had to get it, who would you put on it? I'm Ooh. thinking of putting Mendy on it. I'm thinking about it. I don't know, man. That's a hard, a hard question to ask. I don't know where I actually would stick on that. I don't know why, but I just feel like that would be a Marcelo jersey. Because of the like... swagger, or because you know yeah, what? That. I think I'm gonna put Benzema on that because Benzema's drip is ridiculous. You follow him on Instagram? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Benzema's a drip king. <laughs> oh my, he's a what? He's a drip king, mate. Oh, the, the drip, drip king. Yeah, okay. I'm from North America. You don't need to explain to me what drip is. Thank you very much. All right, pal. Okay. Oh my God, he palled me. He just called me pal. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. Anyway, were you looking something up? Was I asking you something? Yeah, I was saying, uh, yeah. like, what's going to happen Wednesday? Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Jeez, man. There's in-depth analysis of what's to come this weekend. 
All right, cool. So it's going to be in-depth analysis of Espanol. We'll drop our particular 11s. I'll make mine now, and I'm going to go first because usually mine is too similar to yours. And I'm pretty sure everyone just thinks like I have no opinion or knowledge whatsoever. And you're, I just you're just my bitch, basically. <laughs> That's what everyone might think. Wish I could just have so, a lap dog. Yeah, so you're the only one laughing and everyone else thinks you're just disrespectful. But anyway, I'm yeah, just I'm going to... No, no, no. You can shut your face. I'm I gonna didn't say I agree. Up, I'm going to come up with my predicted 11 and I'm going to share it first. So nobody thinks I'm your lap dog. Anyways, now that that's done, thank you guys so much for listening. Hassan, any last words? Uh, famous last words. No, any last words. Not famous last words. You're not famous yet. Well, we'll get there. Um, you forgot that's something. That's why I said yet. What? You were going to defend somebody. Oh, yeah. By the way, to all of you who've been shitting on Kareem Benzema for the last 12 to 18 months, saying he's a waste, he needs to get out of the club, he's not doing well, you can go yourself. And I'm not going to say the word because then I have to go in Adobe Audition, download a center thing, drop it over the part where I said it, find it. It's too much work. But basically, that's what I mean. Thank you so much for hating on him. Clap back on all of you. And also, another thing. Yes, Kareem Benzema is doing phenomenally well without Cristiano Ronaldo here. But the two are not, like, I, I don't think they relate to one another. Kareem Benzema has been with this club for 10 years now. He did his job, and he knew his role, and he did what was best for the club to be successful. And he completely understood that. Otherwise, if he was someone who had a big ego, who wanted to be the star man, he would have left a long time ago. He knew he was in Ronaldo's shadows, but there was nothing wrong with that for him because... Look at the last five years of Real Madrid. It's been ridiculous. And to say Ronaldo stunted his growth, clearly you guys did not watch the games fully and you didn't watch what happens off the ball because the relationship and the leadership that the two of them had, excuse me, with one another is something that I've yet to see in any other sport, to be fair. But yeah, that's it. And also... Just because Ronaldo's having a bit of a dip at Juventus and all of you saying Florentino Perez got rid of him at the right time, cashed out for 100 mil. Stop. You're just embarrassing yourself. You are embarrassed. On this podcast, which we have done so helter-skelter for the last year, there's been so many times when Ronaldo was with Real Madrid and his form dipped. And Hassan, you said to yourself, don't discount the guy because he's going to come back and he's going to shit all over your faces. And it always happens around this time. He goes for Christmas holidays. I don't know what he does, blood transfusions or something. Like, he's some kind of alien. But he comes Locked back in January. In I'm months. telling you, and he tears <laughs> shit up. But on that note, I think I'm done venting. Let us know what jersey or whose name you think I should get on the third jersey. And whichever name gets the most, I deadass will buy it with that name. But it has to be a player. Don't, like, give me some dumbass suggestion. Like, it has to be a player on Real Madrid. It can't be Mariano Diaz or Oriozola. That's it. That's my only exception. Can't be those two. It's probably not going to be here for long anyway. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) There's going to be a written portion of this if you want to just go back and kind of quickly skim over some of the key things that we talked about. As always, we'd appreciate if you shared it because, you know, like, that's just nice. Sharing is caring. But, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Peace out. Hassan, peace. It was nice talking to you. I'll see you on Wednesday. Hala Madrid. (laughs) Boys 
and girls. Yeah. Bye. That was such a bad ending. Peace.